Today, my dear faithful, is the birth of our nation, and I want to wish all of you a most happy and blessed Fourth of July. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often would have I gathered together thy children, as the hen doth gather her chicks under her wing, and thou wouldst not. Words taken from the Gospel of St. Matthew. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. In the year 1689, my dear faithful, a letter arrived at the palace of King Louis XIV of France. This letter contained a tremendous promise personally made by our Lord to King Louis XIV. It read, My sacred heart wants to triumph over your heart and through you over the hearts of the great ones of the earth. My heart wants to reign in your palace, be painted on your standards, and be engraved on the weapons of your army, so that they may be victorious over all your enemies. My heart, our Lord concluded, wants to make you triumphant over all the enemies of Holy Church. At the time of receiving this tremendous letter, King Louis XIV was at the zenith of his power. His reign is considered one of the most glorious of all of the French kings. We do not know his personal response to this letter, but it seems he did not feel he needed the help of the Sacred Heart, for he did not respond to it. St. Margaret Mary, the visionary of the Sacred Heart, was the one who had written that letter, hoping her beloved France would be blessed by the Sacred Heart. Instead, 100 years later, from when that letter was sent, in 1789, the cry for liberty, equality, and fraternity rose in France, beginning the French Revolution. The king at the time, Louis XVI, was overthrown, the same king who had supported our own American Revolution. He was the grandson of Louis XIV, who had received that promise from the Sacred Heart from the hands of St. Margaret Mary. King Louis XVI now, he lost everything, his kingdom, his family, even his life at the hands of that godless revolution of of France. He was executed in 1793 by the New Republic. However, he was not the only one to suffer at the hands of the French Republic. The Catholic Church was severely persecuted. The church buildings that the forefathers of the French had built to honor God Almighty, were stolen and made property of the government. The Cathedral of Notre Dame, so famous throughout the world, was desecrated with the worship of an ordinary woman that the atheist named the Goddess of Reason. The priests of France were forced to take an oath of loyalty to the New Republic 
instead of to the Pope, or else they faced exile or execution. However, just a few years after this godless revolution began, one part of France rebelled against it. This part is called the Vendée, and this battle, this war, is called the War of the Vendée. They were simple peasants who loved the church, their faith, and their priests. In 1792, they picked up arms to defend themselves against the atheist French Republic. On the way to their battles, they would pray the rosary and sing hymns to God. If they came across a wayside shrine so common in France, the soldiers of the Vendée knelt down to beseech heaven for help, even if it was a missed battle while the bullets were flying around them. Being simple, common folk, they did not have uniforms to wear. Instead, they wore a patch on their chest, which had the sacred heart emblazoned upon it, with the words, God the King, beneath it. True patriotism burned in the hearts of these Catholic men. They risked their lives, and in fact, most lost their lives for the cause of France and the Church, and restoring the faith to their beloved country. The War of the Vendée was lost, and soon after, the Reign of Terror began where the guillotine executed over 16,000 Frenchmen. However, it seems the Vendéans sacrificed for their faith in their country won merit before God Almighty. For after some years, the Catholic faith was at least given the freedom to be practiced openly and publicly. With hindsight, we can see that the godless French Revolution was exactly what our Lord wished to prevent when he offered to take France under his personal protection by putting his sacred heart as the symbol of that country. Our Lord wished to pour forth his love upon France to fulfill one of the twelve promises made to St. Mark and Mary. I will bless every place where a picture of my heart shall be set up and honored. When King Louis XIV did not take up our Lord's promise, our Savior could have said of France what he said of Jerusalem, the center of his own country of Israel. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often would I have gathered together thy children as the hen doth gather her chicks under her wing, and thou wouldst not. How wounded our Savior must be to hold his heart out, to beg to be loved, and to pour forth his graces, only to be spurned. And now, my dear faithful, 
in our own country. After so many years of witnessing it grow more and more, like the godless Republic of France, we have had such a wonderful triumph as the overturning of Roe versus Wade and the murder of millions of infants that this permitted. I do not believe it is any accident that this decision of the Supreme Court was published on the Feast of the Sacred Heart. As our Lord did with the Vendée, with the people of the Vendée, God is listening to the prayers and counting the sacrifices of his truly Catholic people. As always, he longs to pour forth the love of his most sacred heart upon our beloved nation of America. However, he cannot give his mercy until his justice is mollified. For almost five decades, our nation has permitted millions upon millions of innocent children to be killed. That is a heavy burden of sin, especially for a nation which, in declaring independence almost 250 years ago today, professed, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The right to life of those children was so often disregarded. And yet, my dear faithful, there is hope for our nation. This past century, just as St. Margaret Mary is called the visionary of the Sacred Heart, so Father Matteo Crowley Bevy is called the Apostle of the Sacred Heart. Father Matteo's great work in life was to promote the Sacred Heart enthronement. By the enthronement of the Sacred Heart, a family has a formal ceremony with a priest and sets a picture of the Sacred Heart in a place of honor in the home. They do this to show that our Lord is the King of that home, that by this picture he sits upon a throne and reigns in that family. His laws are the laws of that home. His will is what that family desires. His most sacred heart is the center of all their activity. Father Matteo traveled across the world preaching this devotion, including in America. The purpose Father Matteo had in view in these sacred heart enthronements was the moral regeneration of the world. The family is the building block of society. Have good families, and you will have a good country. Have holy families, and you will have a holy country. Thus, my dear faithful, through Father Matteo, 
the Sacred Heart offers himself to us, as he did to King Louis XIV of France, and as he did with that French king, our Savior holds out rich promises to us. All those who devote themselves to his most sacred heart, our Lord declares, I will give them all the graces necessary to, in their state of life. I will establish peace in their homes. I will comfort them in all their afflictions. I will be their secure refuge during life and above all in death. I will bestow a large blessing upon all their undertakings. Sinners shall find in my heart the source and the infinite ocean of mercy. Tepid souls shall grow fervent. Fervent souls shall quickly mount to high perfection. I will bless every place where a picture of my heart shall be set up and honored. My dear faithful, God is so good to us. Despite the shackles of sin that weigh down our nation, the King of Kings offers his mercy to all those who submit to his reign. Let us then show our Lord that he is our King, the King of our hearts, our lives, and our homes. Let us strive to live according to his laws. Let us reject what he rejects and hold true to what he has commanded. And thus I urge you as strongly as I can to ask your priest about arranging a sacred heart enthronement in your home. Consecrate yourself and your family to our Lord. If you do this, you will win grace for you, for your family, and for our country, as our Lord promised. If you have already enthroned the sacred heart in your home, renew your consecration to him, by reciting the prayer of consecration, and by, above all, living that act of consecration. Be a comfort to our Lord's most sacred heart, for he suffers so much at the sight of our modern world. We have already beheld a beginning of the sacred heart's triumph, on his feast day, no less, with the overturning of Roe versus Wade. May this be, please God, the beginning of the moral regeneration of America. Let us do our part for this great goal and for this great nation to earn even greater blessings upon our people. If Christ reigns in our homes, if we truly live our Catholic faith and offer the sacrifice of our daily cross for the good of our nation, we will truly call down God's mercy and blessing upon America. And please God, we will behold more and more of the triumph of the Sacred Heart. And we will stand back and simply marvel 
at the power of the compassion of our God. May God bless you, and may God bless America. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen.